Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. I had a client, Marie, who had four autoimmune conditions and she had her thyroid removed. She had Hashimoto's, MS, lupus, and Sjogren's. Oh my and God. So, and I was thinking, I don't know how much I'm going to help her, but let's see. And I just put her on a good old fashioned paleo diet. I think I waved one or two bottles of supplements in front of her face. That was it. And within six months, her doctor said, what are you doing? Because your blood work does not show any autoimmune markers at all. <laughs> all right. Good evening, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Our guest tonight is Esther Blum, and she is an integrative dietitian and high-performance coach. She has helped thousands of women at this point permanently balance hormones and lose stubborn belly fat by treating the root cause of their health struggles. Esther is the best-selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous, and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. She currently maintains a busy virtual practice where she provides 360 degrees of healing with physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual support. Esther believes that diet and supplements are the foundation to healing, but treating the whole person is paramount. Also, just want to, uh, before we get into this today, just want to say thank you for everyone who reached out. We were having some technical difficulties with the podcast. As silly as this will sound, it was the changing of the logo, which we hope you guys like. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We changed the logo up, and for some reason, it wasn't like the right, I guess, specifications you would call it. And that like shut it down on multiple podcast platforms, made it so you couldn't download it or play it. So thank you to those who reached out, but nonetheless, it still uh, took some time to get that fixed up. So we are hoping that we are done with that predicament. And we appreciate your support and patience as always. So since you have been probably craving the Health Detective Podcast, I do not want to take any of your time tonight. I'm going to keep my intro short and let's get to the interview. We hope you enjoy. All right. Hey there, Esther. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Hey, Evan. Thanks for having me. Okay. So this was like the coolest thing ever when we um, when we got on before we were actually recording. I live in like this rural area of Pennsylvania and there is, I mean, I can't even imagine how small the population is in this uh, section. And Esther and I had to cancel the other day because once I lose power here, internet's done. You can put a generator on, but the internet's done for a couple days. And then she was, she's like, where are you from? And I'm like, well, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And she knows a very decently known functional person out here that is in, I don't know, like 10 minutes from the house. So I'm not yeah. going to list the area just for safety's sake. You know, it, it is a public podcast, but uh, how cool is that? You know, I think it's just always interesting, these synchronicities. And I mean, I can't even imagine 10 years ago, I feel like you would have had to be jumping state by state to meet one functional practitioner. So the <laughs> someone that's 10 minutes away is, is very refreshing and good in today's world. So um, yeah, thank you for coming on. This is going to be interesting. And I know that you have a little bit of a different route with these health issues than mm -hmm. many people that come on because the traditional uh, way that this podcast goes is someone had these health issues, then that motivates them to get into the work. But when you and I were talking, I mean, you were getting into some of the health related stuff, let's call it, uh, prior to really being sick. So what motivated you to even get into the healthcare space to begin with? And like, what specifically were you into prior to getting some, uh, you know, symptoms coming on? So my grandfather was like the tonsil king of Brooklyn. His name was Harry Blum. He was one of the first uh, graduating classes of NYU Medical School in 1921. And he was a brilliant ENT surgeon, the steadiest hands. He was also an artist. And he took my tonsils out. He had an operating room in his house in Brooklyn where he worked on primarily pediatrics, but then he worked on like Al Capone's guys fixing wow. their noses after their henchmen, you know, got them bashed in. So he took out my tonsils and my grandmother, who I had no idea she was a trained dietitian until I told her I was going into the field. She had been a trained dietitian. She went to work for my grandfather after his wife died and he trained her to be the anesthesiologist. So I sleep over nanny and poppy's house. 
He puts the, he is like, puts me on the operating table and Nanny puts the ether mask over my face and they took my tonsils out along with like my cousins, um, it, you know, my dad, his, so like this man just <laughs> operated on everyone and lived to be 105 and a half. He did surgery till he was 80 and didn't stop practicing medicine four days a week till he was 95 and a half. So wow. he was just like the best influence. I was so lucky to grow up around him. And then my father, uh, he made my, my dad was a chemist. He made my dad go to medical school. My dad was a dermatologist. My mom was a nurse. Mm -hmm. So I watched the two of them make house calls, take, you know, sick calls all weekend from mm -hmm. people. Um, and basically my dad was like such a country doctor. He would give, um, you know, uh, advice and diagnoses in like the aisles of the grocery store, yeah. <laughs> like everyone knew and loved him. So, you know, I, I grew up around medicine. My cousins were pharmacists. So I was so at home amidst medical instruments and discussion of um, diagnoses and what happened and seeing people who are passionate about their learning. I mean, my grandfather had to retake his boards when he was 91. No joke. And well, obviously study. passed, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. So when it came time for me to pursue my education, I was very interested in the science, but I knew I didn't want to be a doctor because the hospital is a jealous mistress and like sick people never take a day off, right? And I wanted a lot more balance. So I chose dietetics because um, you didn't have to do so much physics. Physics was not my strong suit and it was a bit less chemistry. But other than that, it is a pre-med degree. Most people don't realize that. I didn't. Um, and then I also went on to get a master's in clinical nutrition as well. Okay, cool. I... I have to say, that's a heck of a grandparent story. And what a way to start the <laughs> podcast. I'm like reminiscing when my grandfather was alive. I used to go to my grandparents. We'd crush up these little uh, papers and make balls. And we played fan ball. You'd throw it up into the fan that was like spinning. And if you hit grandpa's big stomach, you got 100 points. So there was a little different experience, you know, than you're with your grandparents. <laughs> um, that's oh awesome, though. God. I mean, that's what, a, what a crazy thing. So I could totally tell then, obviously, why you would have you know followed this path. It's in the blood. And uh, that's awesome. Awesome. My blood. So yeah. what ended up happening with you, because especially with this health background, like what did you end up dealing with symptom wise? And like, how did that come on? I mean, was that just from the stress of any kind of, I did not know that was a pre-med thing, by the way. So I learned something new today. Already. Yeah. Yeah. When did these symptoms start coming on? And was it just the stress of that lifestyle and vigor of study? Um, no, um, not until much later, you know, okay. when I was working at the hospital, uh, I used to get these delicious tuna fish sandwiches mm -hmm. and I was eating tuna fish like every day and developed this whopping case of mercury toxicity, but had no idea what it even was. I wasn't in functional medicine at the time. And I, in three months, like my thyroid must have just conked out at that point and said, I'm, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I gained 20 pounds. So I was, I'm five foot three. I was like 120 pounds, super lean. I was lifting heavy, running, going to the gym and super fit. So all of a sudden I'm like, literally, I wrote a blog about this. I literally ripped my too tight dress, like en route to a wedding all the way up to my butt. Um, I like exploded out of my clothes. I had just no self-esteem. I was like, what is happening to me? And it took me three years to find a functional medicine doctor to like diagnose me with mercury toxicity. Um, and at the time I was even working for a functional medicine doctor, you know, a year or two into it and he didn't even test me for it. So, um, so once I detoxed from the mercury, I was able to lose 10 pounds, but I never lost that last 10 and still to this day carry it, which is totally fine by me. But it just goes to show, you know, the body goes through so many different things. And since then, I've had health challenges. Um, I, I was very sick after my son was born and developed this debilitating insomnia, which to this mm -hmm. day, no one really understands. Um, but I am now treat being treated for mold and Lyme. And so we've done one remediation of our house. We have to do one more. Oh, and then, um, you know, I'm going through the, the binding and the detox. And what's so nice is that all of these, again, it took me years. The bear in mind, I had to do four Lyme tests before I got the proper diagnosis and treatment. And, um, and that was in and of itself, you know, I've lost years of time dealing with it, but 
I wouldn't trade it because A, it's helped me really help my patients be an advocate for them. And B, it's certainly helped me be even more empathic and compassionate to what people are going through because there's so much fear around the unknown. It's awful when you're like, I have all these symptoms, but people look at me and don't ever, and my doctor said this to me, I said, I'm functioning pretty well for a lady with Lyme, Bartonella and mold. And he said, but that's the problem because people look at you and think you're completely fine. (laughs) And so you get dismissed very easily. And I was like, that's exactly right. So for all of you going out there with an invisible illness or an invisible disability, like I see you because it is hard and it's hard to live with chronic discomforts. You know, my gut was a mess. And once I started doing the Lyme treatments, which are herbal, they're not even, they're herbal antibiotics, they're not even doxy. My gut, like within a month, I was like, oh my God, everything is so normal. And I had Mm. like chronic, chronic yeast issues and burning that all went away. I was like, this is magic, man. It's magic. So if you can get little bits of progress along the way, it's a total victory. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so uh, interesting how much, uh, I mean, I could pick apart so many things there, but the mold thing, especially how this is a whole veil has been lifted uh, for a lot of us. And it's becoming more and more the norm, I guess, to actually look at this and even consider it. And that's only in the functional space though, unfortunately. I had this, um, it's a a separate story, but long story short, looking at a retail space for a, a local thing around here. And no joke, the realtor the other day is, this just like two weeks ago, showing us the spot water damage completely up this wall. And he said, Oh, don't worry about that. They're going to seal that. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, and like, it's not like he's hiding it and being a jerk. He thinks that this is the right answer. You know what I mean? He's like, Oh yeah, we'll just seal that up. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm like, do you have another spot that we could check out perhaps? Like, I'm not going to sit here and try to explain to this old, you know, realtor. Like he was like probably 80 years old. Um, that <laughs> why this might be not the greatest thing. I know that's not what he wants to hear, but I was just like, wow, like, and how many places and houses exist, exist like that where you would just never know that this got completely sealed up. So I think it's going to be a heck of a ride as we do lift that veil further. But I think once that ignorance is no longer there, it's going to be a great thing for society that we have this awareness around this, like, oh uh, yeah, the water damaged wall guys, we can't just seal up and then throw the next tenants in. Like that's kind of, yeah. kind of ridiculous. So, um, and I love what you said about the invisible illness and just, you know, hearing and seeing those people, because it, even myself right now, like I wouldn't know that you were going through any treatments because I feel like you can tell a lot by looking at someone, I mean, you look healthy, you're very verbally fluent, right? The cognition seems to be there. Yeah. So you could have fooled me. And it's like, I'm guessing, and I'm hoping you probably with your work and the things that you do, I'm sure you don't, it's not like you're at your worst by any means right now. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Good. And Good. I, you know, and I, I set it up this way so that, um, you know, I take exquisite care of myself. Mm-hmm. I hardly drink alcohol. I'm religious about sleep and I cook a lot of my own food. That's not to say I don't enjoy a piece of pizza or a cocktail every now and then, but it takes me so far down at this point, it's not even worth it. Yeah. Like my, I've known my body's ups and downs well enough to know like, yes, you can have a cocktail and you'll be fine. Or no, you're going to have a cocktail and have a sore throat and feel like you're getting the flu for the next five days. Not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been years of, of trying, but, um, you know, getting the mold out and getting the mercury out, I definitely got my brain function back. I mean, I had serious brain fog for years where like I, the worst was, I remember saying to my husband, do we ever go to Italy? And like, we did a major trip to Italy for like 10 days together. Okay. And then he was like, honey, we were in Rome. We were here. We were there. I was like, oh, right. It, it just, I didn't even, that was like a real low moment where I thought, oh shoot, I really have to fix this and get better. But yeah. again, the beauty is, right, is people always ask me at the end of podcasts, but I'm a thread in now, like, what's your one takeaway? What do you want to leave everyone with? Mm-hmm. And what I want to leave everyone with is, you know, your body has the infinite wisdom to heal when it's given the right tools. Your hardest part is going to be finding the right practitioner who can do the testing mm-hmm. and give you the proper treatment because those people are few and far between. Sure. But once you find those like you're, and you and you can throw a little money at the problem, you'll be fine. You'll heal. Yeah. And it's, it's just it's, getting there. It's so interesting to me that 
well, I won't say this uh, directly, but I'll say a certain system has painted that as if that's like a hippie statement <laughs> or so weird. I'm like, guys, have you ever gotten yeah. a paper cut? Like, did you tell your finger you have to heal? Did you take a medication for that? Or did magically this thing heal? Do you have to tell your heart to beat yeah. or your breath to occur, like your breathing to occur? No, those things just happen. There is, I mean, it is strange when you think about it. Most people don't think about it on a daily basis that this body can just run itself, but we do have an innate healing ability and you got to remove the stress. You got to remove all these things going on and let that innate healing ability do its job. So I, I love that we bring that up now because, you know, some people won't make it to the end of the podcast anyway, no matter how great the guest is. So that's an important <laughs> thing for people to realize. Seriously, it's like you can heal and that's not a ridiculous statement. We've all healed on our own, but we've never healed maybe from something kind of major. And that's where I want to move into kind of how you approach things and what you really do, which it's functional dietetics. That's the word or phrase that you used, correct? Yeah. I'm, I call myself an integrative dietitian, but I do cool. practice functional medicine. Absolutely. Awesome. So I know everyone, even within our space of the functional world and that we love bringing on different perspectives, kind of, we do approach things a little differently because there's some people that, you know, they, they get the labs and it's very heavy on supplements. There's some that they'll actually kind of back away from the labs. Um, I personally, I, I like to utilize the labs if the person can, yeah. I think that's a very wise thing to do. So I'd love to hear about your approach and maybe it's not a one size fits all, but let's say I come in as a client, like what, what are we going to do together? So before people even set foot in the door, I have them do three groups of tests. I look at blood, extensive blood work, and look at your metabolic markers, look at your red blood cell, magnesium and zinc, look at your vitamin D, look at a very comprehensive thyroid panel. I look at your inflammatory markers. I will look at your glucose and insulin. So just a, a comprehensive panel. Um, and I can tell you just doing that alone, I have picked up on many uh, multiple clients, autoimmune conditions or diseases that were otherwise undiagnosed, um, type two diabetes, you know, very basic things that I'm looking at here, but the doctors either see them and don't, I don't know if they're not being reviewed or just don't even address it at all. Um, and then I also do a Dutch test and a GI map. So, and I do a Dutch test complete because many of the people, I would say about 60 to 70% of the people I work with are going through menopause. So I help, or I get women with PCOS or just hormonal imbalances. They want to get pregnant. Um, and I do treat men too in my practice. So, um, the Dutch test gives me a comprehensive look at 21 different androgens. Yeah. So it looks at your production and your detoxification pathways of progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. And so that's very informative because if someone's going to go on hormone replacement therapy or is considering it, I can't in good conscience recommend dosages without knowing that their methylation and their detox is up to speed. If somebody um, has a really congested liver or they're not methylating or glucuronidating, um, then they can't go on hormones until those pieces, those foundations and their liver is functioning properly. Cool. I also look at uh, morning and metabolized cortisol, which tells me a lot about your sleep and your stress and your lifestyle. I can tell when you're drinking too much coffee or not getting enough sleep or checking your phone in the middle of the night. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious, right? And then I also look at neurotransmitters in the brain because um, I want to make sure you're getting enough B vitamins and your production of um, serotonin and dopamine are optimized. And also, you know, it's interesting. I see a lot of people who are taking antidepressants, but their neurotransmitters are still really low. So I'm like, it's actually not working. Why don't we work on your gut inflammation? You will produce serotonin and dopamine properly and we get your inflammation down. And, and I've helped people, of course, I work with their psychiatrist, but together we wean them off just taking some amino acids and they feel fine. Yeah. So it's unbelievable, actually. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Kinda... And it's exciting. And then the GI map, I again, I look at inflammation, I look at whether or not you're recycling estrogen in the gut, or if you're on hormones, if it's um, aromatizing to estrogen, you want to make sure your pathways are clean. And I look at whether or not you're intolerant to gluten, if you got a leaky gut, um, if you have pathogens that need cleaning up, if you have sure. dysbiosis, if you're trending towards 
SIBO or Candida, although it's not a SIBO test per se, but overall the tests I do enable me to look at the state of your body and what enabled it to get into a state of imbalance or chronic illness or poor hormone regulation. And then I correct that through comprehensive diet and healing, healing nutrient dense foods. And um, I do use supplements that are targeted and treat the pathogens and clean up the gut. And as a result, I've seen people get their lives back. Like they start sleeping through the night. They don't feel irritable and moody. Um, They start ovulating again. I had a patient who hadn't gotten her period in 10 years. We and she was told she was infertile, could never have kids. And we worked together and she started menstruating again. Yeah. So I was like, of course, because your body's in balance. Or um, I have a, a young woman who has like this horrible chronic bloating. She picked up a parasite in Israel. She couldn't get rid of it. We treated her and she showed me her before and after pictures. And she went from bloated and fluid retentive to like ripped and defined. And she wasn't <laughs> even working out. So it really makes a huge difference, um, you know, in in someone's quality of life. Mm-hmm. I like that approach because, I mean, the supplements, guys, it, I think in today's world with how sick people are that you're usually coming to uh, organizations like this or to people like you, I think you're really doing a disservice to not utilize them to some degree, but you have this great approach of actually addressing the whole person as well and using supplements for what they actually are supplemental that it's like, it's in the name, but we seem to forget that because what I've seen and it's so unfortunate and I don't call it out if we see it on the podcast, but I can say it when the person thankfully is the exact opposite of that. If we are just doing nothing more than running these expensive functional labs, which are worth it, but if you're just running them and then treating the paperwork with supplements and that's it, well, how is that really any different than what Western medicine does, except maybe, yeah, you're using some fancier supplements. Maybe there's less side effects, but you also spent way more money. It's like, okay, that's that's not different, in re- conceptually at least. It is yeah. the exact same thing conceptually. And so I love that middle ground of like, okay, we can utilize the best of everything and then actually figure out a way to activate this innate healing ability, right? And that's, if yeah. someone doesn't recognize that, I mean, that's the foundational thing. I see this a lot more, admittedly, in the functional MDs and probably through no fault of their own, the system that they've been indoctrinated with was a one of get the rest, test results, treat the symptoms, you know? And so they're like trying their best. They're coming into the functional side and then here they are doing the exact yeah. same thing they were in Western medicine um, I know. with supplements. <laughs> That's exactly it. And so, you know, you want you want to test, you don't want to guess. I For years, I kind of said, no, nah, you don't need testing. It's so expensive. But <laughs> you actually save a lot of time and money down the road and specificity yields results. And the goal is not to have people popping, you know, all these pills per day. The goal is to fix it and forget about it. So you move on with your life and yes, you'll be on a maintenance dose of some foundations like vitamin D and omegas and, you know, a, a good probiotic, but you know, the goal is to get you to just optimal health with as little supplementation as possible, but you do need them realistically. I I agree with that because one of the only, and I mean, I live a, even within the functional world, a a pretty crazy lifestyle. I mean, I I like to use myself (laughs) almost as an experiment to see like how, um, how well can I do in a modern world? I mean, I slept outside 60 days out of the year last year. I took advantage of the pandemic. I camped for 60 days just to see, but I was still living a normal life during the day. I just wanted to know what would happen if I slept outside. Um, go figure. I felt amazing. I mean, my circadian rhythm was the best it's ever been. I just wow. effortlessly fell asleep and woke up. But wow, the point so is, cool. even with those extreme lifestyle habits, the one thing for me that I always still uh, utilize is uh, digestive enzyme. And the reason for that, it might be a changed dose depending on how much stress I'm under. But as you know, Esther, it's like one of the first things to go when we're under any amount of stress is our digestive function. And again, you can be as functional as you want. If you are operating even somewhat in our modern world today, it's kind of hard not to have some level of stress. I have a scoliosis. I'm sitting in a chair right now. It causes a minor pain, right? It's a literal deformity on an x-ray. That's a stress. So I think it is wise that if we have these supplements and like you said, the maintenance dose, we can get people to those. And yeah, if you're working in an office all day, 
probably should be using a maintenance dose of like a vitamin D or something, you know? Um, but <laughs> yeah. th that's really the key is to get to that maintenance. We're not going to be on these crazy protocols forever, but you can yeah. greatly accelerate the healing by getting the specific answers with the labs and then using some type of supplements, uh, maybe a larger amount uh, for a temporary period of time. So why not do it? Because yeah. that's, it's crazy people. I understand that the state of the world, especially right now is so tough, but people will nitpick five, $600 sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, I wish I could show them. I'm like, do you realize how short this is the beginning of life? This is the end. Do you realize how short that is? And yeah. you're going to waste some of this because of $600. It's like, I would spend any amount of money to get, you know, 13, 14 years of my life back that I lost as a kid or I didn't lose it, but it just wasn't optimal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'd spend anything for that. Okay. So um, who do you primarily serve? Because I know that you've worked with a lot of clients. So are you just, do a variety of people just come in now or do you have a specific niche that you like to uh, serve? Yeah, the primary um, avatar that I serve is a woman going through menopause or okay. someone who is, you know, on the postmenopausal side and really is looking for hormones. Um, you know, she's still hot flashing. She still has brain fog. She's gained a lot of weight. Her libido has tanked. She has vaginal dryness. She has brain fog. So I do a lot of cleanup and help people, you know, get their sense of self back, remember who they were, how to have fun, how to be present in their own lives, how to sleep. And, you know, these are women who go to their doctors or their OBs and they say, you know, I'm I like I'm not sleeping. I would like some hormones. And the doctors say, you're fine. You don't need it. This is normal. So I do the tests. I show them they are indeed because people I see are very dialed into their own bodies, very intuitive. So I say, no, you're absolutely justified. This is what's going on. Mm -hmm. Here's how we're going to fix it. And I have a network of referrals who thankfully nice. I can send people to, to get, I can only recommend the dosages, but I do need a doctor to prescribe. So I partner sure. with some really lovely doctors. Well, that's, what's that. up. that's what we need to do. And I, that's, uh, we support that so much here because this has yeah. become for some, obviously not you, uh, an ego battle between Western and functional medicine. I'm like, oh, do you guys no. remember? And then in between this ego battle is the poor client that's suffering. Or poor right. patient that's like, wait a right. second, guys, Um, can we stop battling back and forth? I feel like crap. And it's like, no, let's use the best of both worlds. I think mm. uh, you know, you kind of already brought up some like thyroid stuff. I, I, I've heard this so many times on this podcast where the synthetic thyroid hormone, even if it's only temporary, that's fine. But it can be a life-saving and life-changing okay. thing for someone very quickly. So cool. Yeah. Use that life vest while you get better. Because half mm. of these people, as you know, they're so sick, they can't even do the dang work until they have a life vest. Uh, to yeah. actually support them and give them the energy. They're like, and I feel so bad. I'm not making fun of anyone. I've been like this, no. but I mean, their brain fogs about, they're like, what did you just say? Like you're 10 minutes into the call. They don't even remember what's going on. Exactly. Um, and it's a sad thing. So yeah, use the life fast, do what you got to do. And if you got a practitioner that has those connections, I think that that's really powerful. And I, I hope to God that that's the future where everyone's actually just trying to utilize the best of both worlds and actually serve the clients and patients at the highest level rather than say, oh, you guys are all scam artists. You guys are all crazy. It's like, that's yeah. not helping anyone. <laughs> not helping and really just wasting time. And there's no shame in using medication when medically necessary, yes. okay? Not everyone does come off antidepressants, um, but you know what? If we can wean you off your PPI or your H2 blocker and get your stomach acid flowing again and get you nutrients that are supportive with your brain, then maybe it prevents you from going on that second antidepressant because mm -hmm. the first one isn't working. So, or yes, if you have to take Synthroid or Cytomel, like, so what? It save your, you know, function. Get out of bed, do it, and then you take the auxiliary nutrients you need and it becomes a synergistic approach. Like I always tell my patients, you know, it's your body, it's your choice. Mm -hmm. So go with how you feel. Can you uh carry on a conversation? Can you retain the information? Do you have energy when you wake up? Do you digest your food and poop every day? Are you getting good sleep? What's your libido like? You know, just foundational quality of life issues. Sure. And for some people, it is better living through pharmacology. So I'm not here to take everyone off their medication, but I like to see what's possible. Yeah. And, and the medication I do encourage people to get off of and I help people wean off of are, you know, the stomach acid inhibiting drugs because those do 
cause you know real problems with bone density, with mental decline, with the absorption of nutrients. So sure. certain things, yes. But you know, when I'm treating a severe case of H. pylori, it's very helpful. Get them feeling better for a couple of weeks, and then you wean them back off. Like no shame in that at all. Exactly, and uh, it's always about you know the context of the person too, and it, it, that's what you're obviously doing. I know that many. Uh, let's use an example of like an 85 year olds don't get like acne, but you know, that was one of a part of my story, severe cystic acne. I think there's a big difference between a 25 year old with that versus an 85 year old, because maybe the 85 year olds, not like your grandfather, you know, they're very aware that they only have a few solid years left. It's like, okay, at that point then, is it okay to maybe just, you know, take the retin-A or um, I think the generic there's retinoid or whatever. Yeah. Or Accutane. Yeah. Maybe, you know, so then you could just go eat whatever the heck you want for the next three years. You're like, listen, I mean, we're all going to die one day. Um, so you have a choice to do that. But at, at 25, would I really say that's maybe our first option? Um, I love what you said about just let's figure out what's possible. That's that's really what I'm always about, too. Like my yeah. mom's missing her thyroid. Her thyroid is gone. There is only yeah. so much we can do, but let's work up to that possibility. And we have a society right now that does not even we don't even know what's possible, let alone are yeah. we actually working and actively going towards that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of um, as much suffering as there is and it, and it stinks. I'm empowered by knowing that there is the largest experiment ever of functional health practitioners going on right now where we're seeing just how healthy can people get? Just how much yeah. more can we learn to serve our clients and patients even better? It's, I think it's yeah. exciting. It's uh, as discouraging as it is sometimes it's very exciting when those people come in and they're just like they're like you and i they're ready to do the work and just get things better it's like okay like who knows how well you can get and then yeah sometimes that person doesn't have any symptoms anymore and that's a that's a pretty cool case yes and so yes the and the other group of people i treat are like the chronically ill who kind of have mystery illnesses that mm -hmm. don't really fit in any one box and one of them was i had a client marie who had four autoimmune conditions, and she had her thyroid removed. She had Hashimoto's, MS, lupus, and Sjogren's. Oh, my and God. So, and I was thinking, I don't know how much I'm going to help her, but let's see. And I just put her on a good old-fashioned paleo diet. I think I waved one or two bottles of supplements in front of her face. That was it. And within six months, her doctor said, what are you doing? because your blood work does not show any autoimmune markers at all. And <laughs> oh, she's man. like, I just went on a paleo diet. That was it. So, you know, the, the more complicated someone's diagnosis, the simpler the diet should be. And again, you go back to the basics, right? Get in the sun, walk outside first thing in the morning, because the spectrum of light outside is a hundred times greater than anything an indoor light bulb is going to give you, especially if it's an LED. Um, and like go, um, you know, cook some real food just from vegetables. Maybe you grow some herbs and tomatoes in your garden, right? And have a little dirt on that food when you eat it and get the good microbiome, yeah. uh, enriching nutrients going. And, you know, just breathe and unplug, like just doing those things can make a person healthy. It doesn't have to be this complicated way of life at all. It can be the simpler it is. I find the happier it is. Yeah. It's, it's seemingly on the surface, not, I, I would suppose not to people like in this space, but it's seemingly paradoxical that the more complicated the case or <laughs> severe the symptoms, I should say, actually, you know, the simpler the actions. But the yeah. truth is, if you believe in this, that's not a paradox at all. That actually makes perfect sense because the reason yeah. that these things are happening are from is from our society doing the basics so incorrectly for very long periods of time. And yeah. so, I mean, that's an amazing case. You get those are none yeah. of those diseases are fun in and of themselves. I mean, MS <sighs> especially, right? That's terrible. I and know. you got four of these, and it's like, okay, well, yes, that's really bad, but also at the same time, it must mean unintentionally, of course. I'm not blaming her you're doing something really wrong because you wouldn't get four different diagnoses. That's the body over and over and over again mm -hmm. saying, Hey, we didn't get it the first time. We didn't get whatever this is the first time. Right. And that tr transitions uh, me perfectly because I wanted to ask at, at least today about one of your books, because I know you've written multiple oh, and yeah. the one is cave women don't get fat. And yeah. I, I did read the description. So I have an idea that it is about a paleo based thing. So we kind of unintentionally transitioned perfectly, but what inspired <laughs> you to um, write that book? And is the paleo diet kind of a, a main thing that you're using in your practice? 
So um, actually, it's funny. I wanted to write a cookbook. I had written three books, um, Each Drink Can Be Gorgeous, and two offshoots of that. And uh, I wanted to do a cookbook. And my agent said, no, I need you to write a paleo diet book for women. And I was like, okay. So it was fascinating because, um, you know, when I began to do my research for the book, um, I realized, well, A, you know, the studies are done on men primarily. I knew this mm -hmm. when I went to college. We, we did a lot of, uh, we analyzed a lot of research studies. But when it comes to paleo diet books, right, a lot of them are geared towards men and no one's addressing the female physiology True. in a paleo diet with intermittent fasting, with high carb versus low carb, with, you know, adrenal and thyroid support. So I was like, oh my gosh, we have to, there is a gaping hole in the market for this. So I found some interesting things and I've between the book and my practice. So I'll, I'll give you all some good nuggets. Number sure. one, um, in the studies done on intermittent fasting, right? I looked at about 78 of them. Only 13 that I looked at were done on women. Wow. So everyone asked me, should I be intermittent fasting? I will tell you clinically, anecdotally, the women who do the best on intermittent fasting are my menopausal and beyond. Why is this? Because they don't have a menstrual cycle with fluctuating hormones every month. The first half of a woman's cycle, you are much more insulin sensitive, right? You, um, you can get away with low more carbs. You, you, know, you can do higher intensity cardio. Your energy is better. Your mental focus is better. Then the second half of your cycle, things start to go wonky. Your insulin levels become less balanced with the decline in progesterone and estrogen. So that's when you're more tired, you're craving more, you can't push your body the same way in the workouts. You're like, I just don't feel it today. I'm dragging my wagon. So if you have a woman doing intermittent fasting, that second half of the month can be absolutely brutal for her if she's menstruating. It's just too much strain on the adrenals and the thyroid and you can't take it. The other thing I found, so cave women, I designed to help people find their own unique carb tolerance and help them lose weight and inflammation. The interesting thing is um, women typically don't do as well on keto diets as men do. But the women who do in my practice, and again, I don't really put people on keto diets. My patients will come to me and say, I really want to try it. The ones who have been successful are postmenopausal for the <laughs> same reason. But also past three months, I have about three women in my practice now who work very low carb for a long period of time. And they um, really destroyed their metabolisms and their ability to lose weight and let go of the weight easily. So I actually had to diet them up, slowly increasing their carbohydrates and their calories. So it, we do need healthy carbohydrates as women to help convert T4 to the active sure. T3 form of thyroid hormone and help with weight loss. And so, and I remember years ago working with a brilliant um, strength coach. Her name's Allie Weingroff. And Allie also, she was like, dude, you're not eating enough carbs at all. And so she was like, up your carbs. And I instantly dropped five pounds. And my body wow. tends to be totally stable in weight. Like my weight just does not fluctuate. I stay the same, which is great. I've maintained my weight for years and years. But, you know, at that point, I was like, this is freaking awesome. And I learned. <laughs> I really do well on carbs and a lot of women do really well on carbs, um, but they just don't, they're not eating the right type or they're not eating them at the right time, or uh, they think they have to go a lot lower to get results and they don't. Sure. I've always wondered about this because again, this is, I love that you brought this to light because so many people don't realize that the, even today, I mean, the studies are just more towards men and, you know, women get into intermittent fasting where they'll ask, like you said, is it good? I'm like, I we don't even really know. We don't even yeah. have the full data to, to show you whether or not this is great. Now, it seems, I mean, there's been so many, uh, so much anecdotal experience now. I mean, just common sense would tell you that 
well, yeah, you probably wouldn't be eating at 9 p.m. when it's pitch dark, and you're probably not getting a full meal an hour after sunrise, like you weren't going to your refrigerator. So uh, certainly some period of fasting every day makes yeah. sense more than what yes. we're doing as today as modern humans. Um, but what I've always tried to figure out too is like, yeah, it really does seem to, uh, men seem to respond to it extraordinarily well, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And women, depending on the situation, and I, I've never uh, worked personally with like, you know, postmenopausal women, I find, find this interesting that that's, I love like your reasoning behind why mm-hmm. this would work. I've always just figured, I'm like, okay, if there is truth to this idea that we would have had these tribal days, right, from an evolutionary perspective, I, I think we would all agree the men were probably the ones going out and hunting. So we're doing this like high intensity interval training, we're do- unintentionally, we're doing exercise, we're getting the meat, whatever. And I don't think the women were just sitting around waiting for people to come back. So wouldn't they have been maybe more like, a grazer or collecting stuff while the men were out trying to get those meat-based products. Now, this is Evan Transu theory. I'm not saying I read this anywhere, but I've always tried to connect that. Like, why would it be so different or notably different at least? And I'm like, okay, I I could buy that theory. Like if men are out going and killing the stuff, well, the women are out and they have to do that. And not to mention, wouldn't we, I would hope that this is true at least, wouldn't we have prioritized the women to get food? Because I think when you actually act like a man, you want to protect <laughs> it. Well, seriously, you want to protect and not hurt. Like my generation yeah. has that backwards, but, um, you know, well, sir, and I think it's because our hormones are messed up. I'm not justifying their actions, but I feel like I have super yeah. high testosterone and people like associate that as a bad thing. I'm like, no, super high testosterone to me makes me want to protect other people in my life. That's a, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I think when all your other hormones are out of whack and you're addicted to pornography and all this other crazy stuff, that's when you start acting a little ridiculous. And so I feel like the women would have been prioritized to eat. I feel like we probably would not have thrown them out with the spears to go kill the buffalo or or whatever it might have been or deer. And um, yeah, I, I think it makes sense from an evolutionary perspective why that would be the case. Um, do you think I'm off my rocker here? Or do you think there's some logic to what I'm saying? Because I've always wondered the other reasons why intermittent fasting might not work right. as well for like a 25 year old woman. Right. I, I you know, I think um, it's, it's a, really an experiment on yourself, like mm-hmm. figuring out what works for you at the end sure. of the day. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, you really have to figure it out. You have to figure out your stress. You have to figure out your sleep. You have to figure out what your workout needs are, you know, metabolically with nutrition. So we can speculate on hunter-gatherer stuff, but it's really unknowable, right? And yeah. also, you know, the women might have stayed back if they were nursing babies too. So, sure. and needed that extra body fat and needed, you know, absolutely needed those reserves. So cool. Um, yeah, I was, uh, the, I know it works for at least me. And like, I love that you brought up the aspect of just, yeah, making sure that you're doing this not only bio-individually, but yeah. just considering what's going on in your life. Cause yeah, times of high stress, Fasting is a stress, guys. It's you gotta. I actually eat a little more and lighter meals when I'm under high stress as opposed to doing my normal fasting. And my friends and family know me as a guy that's been doing this for like five and a half, six years. It's crazy what you can train the body to. And you know how you mentioned like this idea of what's possible. That's I'm interested just with that. I can fast 24 to 36 hours effortlessly do the gym, do hikes, whatever. And I have no problems with it cognitively. I have no problems energy wise or mood wise. Uh, that was not the case when I first started. I couldn't go 16 hours without being, um, well, I just wasn't so much fun to be around. I'll put it that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's all individual and um, it's important to get a practitioner that recognizes that. Now, at this point in the podcast- and you're also, I, if I yeah. can interrupt, what decade sure. of life are you in? Are you in 20s, 30s? I just turned 26 at 3.30 today. Yes. So there's also, that's a big difference. Happy birthday, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> um there's a big difference metabolically between you and someone, you know, 20, 30 years your senior. So yep. <laughs> you can't even compare the two. Like it's like two different bodies. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't recommend it doing the Ev experiment. My, bu- yeah. my buddy says he's like, you are like the ultimate uh, experiment of health. So hopefully this works out for yeah, you. I'm like, exactly. I hope so too. But, um, you know, you have to be very healthy and really have strong adrenals um, and, and thyroid too fast. So <laughs> I never start people fasting. And again, with intermittent fasting, very, very careful depending on who you're treating. But yeah, yeah, you really have to know yourself and your body. Um, Cool. I know we've already kind of vaguely mentioned some of these things, especially with the multiple autoimmune diagnoses uh, client. But at this point, I always love to just bring up um, to the degree that you're able just for privacy's sake, uh, any clients that might really stand out that are just like, 
huge, amazing stories or things that are just close to your heart. So are there any client stories that stick yeah. out that just like they oh. came to you and then it was amazing? Yes. I mean, one of mine was, so I serve, um, I love serving military women. Um, and I, I'll happily serve military men. I just happen to get the women coming to me. So one of them was my client, her testimonials on my website, um, Sam, she came to me with the most wretched AFib and she was young, like twenties, thirties, hmm. horrible AFib, took all the meds, had been through cardioversions and like aggressive medical techniques. And when we corrected her, um, her, oh, and she also had cystic acne. So hmm. once we corrected her gut health, the acne cleared, no surprise there. And once we corrected her electrolyte balance and hmm. her blood sugar, she never got AFib attacks unless she was too stressed, you know, dehydrated, not paying attention to her electrolytes. It was only when she was off kilter. But I mean, she went from being hospitalized and like always running to the cardiologist to being completely normal functioning, got her energy back, got her exercise tolerance back. Um, really pretty incredible. Um, other clients of mine, you know, I think just as an overview, you know, they go from I'll think of my client, Lisa, who came to me like hot flashing, weight gain, horrible libido, was like working out on her Peloton, you know, um, like crazy and not and just exhausted and waking up at like three or four in the morning and just not going back to sleep for the rest right. of the day. So went to her doctor. I did her Dutch and her GI map and she went to her doctor and said, I need to be put on hormones. And her doctor said, no. So she wrote her doctor a scathing letter. The doctor did put her on hormones and voila, within like two weeks, totally sleeping through the night, no more hot flashes, vaginal dryness resolving. We're still working on her libido. But you know, these are things you, I don't know if any of you out there have been through insomnia, but it changes your whole outlook on the day. It changes your brain fog, your mental focus, depression, and anxiety, just to name a few, and your ability to just enjoy your life. So you get someone from not sleeping to sleeping, and all of a sudden, their blood sugar gets balanced, yeah. right? Their insulin receptors can function properly. The inflammation goes down in their gut. They heal from bloating. Um, you know, just the mood is better. The outlook's better. Libido can come back. You know, it's the most foundational functions yeah. of a, hu of being a human can be restored under the right conditions. So yeah. it's been a privilege to treat and witness these women's transformations because it is, again, it's really possible. I always joke. It's like, uh, at this point I've been doing this in this field, at least for about eight years, uh, episode, uh, when this comes out at 80 something on the podcast and, uh, these stories don't get old. I mean, you're giving yeah. people their life back. You're yeah. giving people their life back. Mm -hmm. And especially that first person. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I know as a young adult, how bad this sucked to be dealing with these things at such a young age, but it's yeah. beautiful to not deal with health challenges. Cause I almost feel like I'm, at this age, it's like I'm the healthiest I've ever been, literally, literally the healthiest I've ever been. And so you almost feel like you're going in reverse and it's kind of cool uh, in a way. And I think it's much easier as it, it, grass is always greener on the other side is what I'm trying to get at, because, uh -huh. you know, you could be really solid for like 50 years and then you lose your health, but you almost can fall into that trap and that paradigm of, oh, well, I'm just getting older. It's like now, well, at least I knew I shouldn't have been sick at 15 years old. That didn't make sense. Right. And um, I'll never get into that again. I won't allow it. And thank God I'm around people like you and functional diagnostic yeah. nutrition and just always have the resources if need be. So Esther, where can people find you um, to work with you? The books, like yeah. I don't know, website, whatever else you got, please list it all. Yes. Okay. So um, first of all, for five of your listeners, Evan, I have opened up my calendar okay. um, for five complimentary consultations. These are 30-minute consultations for people who really want to solve a health problem um, and want three strategies and tools that are customized to help them do just that. So you go to estherblum.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L. And my name is with an H E S T H E R B L U M. Um, you can certainly surf around my website. You can see the podcast that I've been on, including this one will be up there when we go live. And you can also download, I have a 
um, three-part video training series called Crush Your Cravings that you can download. It's free. It's on my website. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Gorgeous Esther. <laughs> and so my books are on my website. I have four books. I'm working on my fifth now, which will be on menopause. So I'm very excited about that. And, um, you know, I look forward to connecting with your people. Evan. Absolutely. Well, thank I'm you for doing that. I, I love someone that spices it up a little bit. We've never had someone <laughs> come on and do that. So that's smart. Oh, um, great. And our final question for today is the signature question on the Health Detective podcast. And I always put the disclaimer on because I know that this is, uh, we never want to imply that there's a one size fits all because obviously as functional practitioners, well, not all of them, but clearly you, we know that we can't mm -hmm. just give the same thing to every single person. Right. However, humor me here. If Esther had a magic wand and I, <laughs> you could only get every person in this world to do one thing for their health mm -hmm. or maybe not do one thing for their health, what's the one thing you'd get them to do? Um, I would tell them to sleep. <laughs> it's that important. I Sleep rules the metabolic mistress. And as a dietitian, you may think, oh, I can't believe she's not telling them to eat you know, more protein. It, it is a toss up, okay? But honestly, I, I think sleep is so foundational and so important in health. And um, that means getting the blue light out of your room, right? Shutting off routers, no phone next to the bed. You know, you don't need 5G military grade electromagnetic fields next to your head, raising your cortisol all night. So if you do absolutely have to have it, you have kids who are driving and on the road or aging parents, you know, keep it a minimum of 10 feet from your bed, but off the screens at eight, I always tell people nothing good happens after 8 p.m. on a phone, like yeah, nothing. So so get off the phone, get your sleep, um, and f just watch yourself lose weight. Watch your insulin receptors improve, your cravings go down, your appetite regulated, and your mood and your libido be really happy. We are going to have a phenomenal guest on soon that's going to talk a lot more about light and circadian biology. I think it's going to be very interesting to really understand the deep science behind the benefits of sleep. I know that we all know it's important. I know it doesn't seem necessarily like, is this really something that's going to greatly affect my health? The problem is, and the thing that I've realized after doing this for a while and experiencing this myself, is just because your eyes are shut for an eight hour period does not necessarily suggest really at all, to be honest, that you are getting good sleep and restorative sleep. And it's really amazing when you do certain things to even get one good night's sleep, how much that can impact you. Just as a quick example, I know for me, I've done like a lot of camping. Well, I only started camping last year, but I've camped a ton since then. I mean, like over uh, probably 70 days at this point. It's unbelievable how refreshed you wake up. Uh, refreshed you wake up, and that's only one time. I mean, what happens when you do something like that consistently? And that's how we were supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what's always crazy. It's like, oh, well, what am I supposed to do? Camp? It's like, I guess I don't make the rules. That's just what we were supposed to be doing. And so I think learning how to really do that in today's world and not have to sleep outside would be wonderful. And that's what our next guest is, well, not next, literally, but an upcoming guest is going to be talking about. We're recording with her in the month of October. And we will let you guys know, of course, when that is out. But for tonight, thank you so much, Esther, for hopping on. And I thought, again, can't stress enough how cool that was that she knew of a Again, a relatively remote area near me. It's just weird making those connections, right? International podcast, and you never know who you're going to get on. And hey, if you like this information, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. Just head over to Apple, click that five-star button, and if you want to leave a, a few kind words, we would love you even more than we already do. Thank you again for those who reached out and let us know that something was wrong with the podcast when we were updating that logo. We are very glad to be back to normal, and we are looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.